This is the Reading Instruction Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is helping middle-aged white people understand systemic racism. Now, full disclosure, I am a middle-aged white man. Well, actually 63, so I'm creeping away from middle age and maybe creeping up on something else. The outcome, the desired outcome is to eliminate systemic racism. That's the big picture. It may take more than my lifetime for this outcome to be achieved, but it will be achieved. Whether it's in 20 years or two centuries or two millennia, there will be a time when racism is a silly little blip in our human consciousness, an embarrassing asterisk in the story of humanity. However, human beings being human beings, I'm sure we'll figure out some other sorting mechanism to use to create categories and castes and hierarchies. Humans seem to have this innate need, you see, this craving, this addiction to find themselves better than somebody else. So let's look at the racial equality myth. This is a common myth that serves to perpetuate systemic racism. It's the myth of sameness and colorblindness as a cure for systemic racism. This is the mythical idea that, despite the cultural and historical context. If we just pretended everything was the same, we could have a colorblind society and that everything will be equal for everybody and racism will be no more. Poof, racism gone, just like that. That's the colorblind racism equality myth. Now equality comes from the word equal, meaning the same. But equality does not mean equity. Equity has to do with fairness and justice. So let's use a cafeteria analogy, shall we? If everyone in the cafeteria were served the same quantity of the same soup, this would be caloric equality. However, if in that cafeteria there was a sumo wrestler an adolescent boy playing football, a gymnast, a five-year-old child, a 63-year-old literacy professor, and an 88-year-old woman. The same caloric intake would be insufficient in some cases and severely lacking in some cases, but perfectly sufficient in others. Equality does not mean equity. The goal is racial equity. Equity means being fair. Thus, it's recognized that for each to function at his or her highest, each person in that cafeteria would need a different type of meal and different quantities. One cup of soup might be equal, but it would not be equitable. Well, you say, I had to work hard for everything I've gotten. Yes, you have, and that's just wonderful. But like me, a white male, I didn't have to fight through the layers of barriers and discrimination. I had an advantage, you see. 
So racism needs the context of history. It needs to be put in that context. In the book, An African-American and Latinx History of the United States, Paul Ortiz describes how people of color have been enslaved, exploited, and deprived for hundreds of years. They continue to be disadvantaged and restricted by societal systems. These are political, economic, legal, judicial, and educational systems. They're disadvantaged and restricted, usually for economic gain and power. The idea that we'll simply wake up one morning and think that starting today, everything is going to be the same and we'll all be equal and we won't see color. This is naive to the point of ignorance. As well, it assumes that those in power are going to wake up on that same great getting up morning and willingly give up their power. It's based on the premise that their hearts will suddenly be open, the scales will fall from their eyes, and they will be willing to start sharing the opportunities and resources that they have so long hoarded for themselves and their kind. Racial equity means that where people have been and continue to be disadvantaged and restricted, they might need to be just a little bit advantaged in order to bring them into the system. Well, that's not fair, comes the deeply felt whine. Fair? Do you mean equitable? Unbiased? Even-handed? Just? Impartial? Or do you mean the other kind of fair, with all the rides and games and attractions and fried cheese curds? What do you mean by fair? What's fair? Who decides who gets the resources and opportunities and who does not? For example, some schools get more, others get less. Some communities get more resources, others less. Some healthcare systems get more, others less. Some communities get better jobs, others less. Some get better housing, others less. Some groups get more prison terms and longer prison terms and other groups, not so much. You can't achieve equity when some groups are starting the race 20 meters behind the starting line and others are starting 20 meters in front of the starting line. Now imagine a school. A third grader is living in that poverty who comes to school without breakfast. The student has to deal with the chronic stress that comes with high crime rates and drug abuse often associated with low SES neighborhoods. This student attends a poorly funded inner city school with few books in the school and classroom libraries. In this school there are 30 students in that student's classroom and it's an old obsolete classroom and they're taught by an unqualified teacher who doesn't want to be there. Now compare this with another well-fed third grade student living in a wealthy suburb. This student attends a well-funded school with lots of books in the school and classroom library. In this school, there are 20 students in a classroom with all the latest technology. They're taught by a teacher who had to beat out 300 other candidates to get the job. 
even if both third graders were taught using the same curriculum, with all the other differences, would you say that there is educational equity here? So let's define our terms. The term racism often conjures up angry white men, usually wearing some sort of silly costume with party hats, marching about yelling and waving their arms or worse. These great patriots have only one accomplishment listed on their life's resume. They were born white. Congratulations. Racism must be differentiated from racist acts. A racist act involves one or more persons engaged in discrimination, bigotry, hatred, violence, or insult that's directed against one or more individuals, and it's based on race. Racist acts are a result of racism, but racism is a bit more widespread and insidious. Wanda Blanchett defines racism as individual, structural, political, economic, and social forces that serve to discriminate again and disadvantage people of color on the basis of their race for the purpose of maintaining white dominance and power. Nora Hyland defines racism as a system supported by discourse, ideology, the legal system, and everyday practice that perpetuates white dominance. Ibram X. Kendi describes racism as being institutional, structural, and systemic. So systemic racism has to do with systems, political, economic, legal, ju uh, judicial, and educational. Systemic means it's all over the system. It includes the policies, procedures, rules, laws, regulations, traditions, institutions, and paradigms that disadvantage people of color while providing advantage to the white privileged majority in terms of opportunities and resources. Systemic racism, whether implicit or explicit, intentional or unintentional, is so enmeshed in the fiber of our society that it often goes, it often seems normal and goes unnoticed. As such, systemic racism calls for a systemic response. So, the desired outcome is to reduce and eventually eliminate systemic racism. That's the big picture. The outcome will not be adequately addressed with a workshop. It takes more than an advisory committee. You can't advisory your way out of systemic racism. Another book talk or face page will most likely convince only those who are already convinced. There can't be a single solution from one or two groups. Systemic racism calls for a, a systemic response in which we are all involved to change systems and thinking. This has been the Reading Instruction Show.